Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. This is episode number 113. And I am coming at you from Los Angeles, California on Thursday, July 5th, 2018. I did not record an episode yesterday because it was the 4th of July. But this episode that I'm recording right now will be covering the breaking news uh, in the world of sports only from July 4th, uh, yesterday. Uh, the episode that we'll cover today's news will be released later today. It is currently 3.45 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 6.45 p.m. Eastern. And the one that we'll cover today's news will be released more, most likely at around 10 p.m. Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern time. So in addition to giving my take on each breaking news story and reporting the stories, I'm also going to be covering the um, uh, results and future matchups of the Los Angeles sports teams. Uh, the results and future matchups, or I should say only the future matchups of the World Cup, because there were no matches in the last couple of days, and the results of Wimbledon. So the first thing that I'm going to be reporting has to do with MLB baseball, believe it or not. Despite last place status in the National League East with a 35-52 and record, the Miami Marlins are in no rush to deal catcher JT Realmuto. The Miami Herald's Barry Jackson reported the Marlins have discussed offering Real Muto a contract extension and that it would take, quote, an astronomical, an astronomical offer before the team would weigh a trade. The Marlins have plenty of time before they need to offer Real Muto a contract. He's eligible for arbitration in 2019 and 2020 and will become an, an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Real Muto is enjoying his best uh, career season. He's batting 306 um, and slugging 544 with 11 home runs and 38 RBIs. His 3.2 war is first among catchers and tied for 12th among all position players per fan graphs. The fact that the Marlins would consider an extension for Real Muto is somewhat surprising given his age. He turned 27 years old in March, so he's in the middle of his prime. By the time he's eligible for free agency, he'll be approaching 30. Miami traded D. Gordon, Christian Yellick, Marcelo Zuna, and Giancarlo Stanton in the offseason, kicking off a substantial rebuild. By the time the team is in a position to contend again, Real Muto could be on the wrong side of the aging curve. By re-signing Real Muto, ownership would be showing its done-cutting costs, but Real Muto arguably has more value to the Marlins as a trade asset given uh, the state that they're in. So, um, personally... I don't really see why they want to keep him. I mean, he's going to be, they're not going to be contending anytime soon. And when they will be, he's going to be kind of older. So this this whole thing doesn't make sense to me what they're doing. Switching gears now to uh, the NBA. The Oklahoma City Thunder agreed Tuesday to a one-year deal with Raymond Felton, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, which will, post a French, which will push the franchise into uncharted financial territory. Bobby Marks of ESPN noted that the Thunder will be the first team in NBA history to hit $300 million between the team payroll and a luxury tax bill. Uh, as Bobby Marks tweeted, quote, Oklahoma City crosses a, a, a historic threshold as the first $300 million team in salary and projected luxury tax with the Raymond Felton signing. The Thunder now have a tax bill of $150 million. Carmelo Anthony is set to make $27.9 million in 2017-18, so finding a way to, to either dump his contract or spread the salary cap hit over three years would alleviate some of Oklahoma City's financial burden. Nate Duncan also tweeted, quote, So with PG and Grant back, the Thunder would be looking at a salary plus repeater tax bill of $289.9 million with, without filling out roster, stretch mellow, and that drops to $180.3 million. So they could save over $100 million by stretching a player who hurt them in the playoffs last year. So the, I think they should do that. And Spotrack tweeted, quote, The Thunder announced $36 million over the luxury cap, which equates to a tax bill worth of $154 million. Previous high were the 2013-14 Nets at $90.6 million. Stretching or waiving Carmelo Anthony saved $17.1 million in cap and around $90 million in tax payment, assuming that he's re replaced by a minimum salary. On one hand, it's surprising to see ownership shell out so much for a roster that didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs. At the same time, though, losing Paul George would have erased any hope the Thunder would ha had 
uh, you know, challenging for a top four seed, let alone making the playoffs. Plenty of fans have contrasted the suddenly free-spending version of the team with the one that traded James Harden to avoid paying the luxury tax. While, the, while that frustration is understandable, owner Clay Bennett is at least atoning for that mistake with this offseason. If Bennett could go back in time, then he would keep probably then he would probably do whatever it took to keep Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook together. Instead, he can only operate in the present, at which time the Thunder have to capitalize on Westbrook's prime years. The alternatives to spending three hundred million dollars to retain George and make other moves were trading Westbrook and starting starting over, or having Stephen Adams as the second best player behind Westbrook. Either scenario gets uh, pretty bleak pretty quickly. Sure, the Thunder's financial commitment is eye popping, but it, it was their only move, you know, that that was good for them, and it doesn't mean too much in the grand scheme of things. So. I think they're just fine. Switching gears now to uh, hot dog eating. This I never talk about this on this on Sean's Sports Show. This is pretty interesting. Joey Jaws Chestnut devoured a record-breaking seventy-four hot dogs and ten buns in ten minutes and buns in ten minutes Wednesday at Coney Island in Brooklyn, New York, to win the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest for the eleventh time in the past twelve years and the third year in a row. Chestnut continued the Independence Day tradition by beating second-place finisher Carmen Sincoti by 11 hot dogs to retain the mustard yellow belt. By eating 74 hot dogs, Chestnut broke his own Nathan's uh, hot dog eating contest record of 72, as well as the overall record of 73.5 that he set in, the, in a 2016 qualifier. Following Chestnut and, and Sincoti was Darren Breeden with 43. According to Thomas Barabi of Fox Business, Chestnut will take home $10,000 by virtue of his win, while the next four finishers won 5000 uh, two thousand five hundred, a thousand five hundred, and a thousand dollars, respectively. ESPN's Darren Ravel tweeted the nutritional facts attached to, to the seventy-four hot dogs and buns consumed by chestnuts. So the serving size is seventy-four hot dogs, twenty-two, um, twenty-two thousand two hundred calories per serving. Uh, uh, the total fat was uh, one thousand three hundred thirty-two grams. Uh, 444 grams of saturated fat, 74 grams of trans fat, 2,664 grams of cholesterol, um, 5,000 or 54,242 grams of sodium, 1,850 grams of carbohydrates, 74 grams of dietary fiber, 296 grams of sugar, and 814 grams of protein. So that's not <laughs> that's not much at all. Since shocking, shockingly losing to Matt Stoney in 2015, the 34-year-old chestnut has raised his level of eating significantly. That included setting the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest record in 2016 with 70 and then breaking it last year with 72. Chestnut has been, locked, has been so locked in over the past few years that he entered Wednesday's event as a 9-50 or minus 550 favorite with the field, uh, when the field was at plus 325 per odd shark. Another eater is beginning to approach the level of Chestnut's 4th of July dominance as well in the form of Mikey Sudo. Prior to the men's competition on Wednesday, Sudo ate 37 hot dogs and buns to win women, the women's event for the fifth year in a row. So that's that. Uh, congrats to him. And uh, he's just, you know, he's going crazy. Switching gears not to Wimbledon, co- covering, covering some upsets a little bit more in depth than just covering the results as I usually do. Roger Federer progressed to the third round of Wimbledon on Wednesday at the expense of Lucas Lacko. In the women's draw, Serena Williams cruised through by beating Victoria Tomova in straight sets. Seventh seed Carolina Pliskova is also through as she beat Victoria Azarenka in a potentially tricky tussle. Meanwhile, tenth seed Madison Keys is also safely into the third round, over- overcoming um, Luksika Kumkum in straight sets. Um, so that's that. Um, yeah, switching gears now back to the NBA, uh, where what Houston wants to do with Clint Capella specifically. The Houston Rockets intend to retain restricted free agent center Clint Capella. Sam Amick of USA Today reported Wednesday that the Rockets are, quote, obviously all in on Compella and intend to, quote, match any offer sheet that comes his way. 
Houston has a clear need at center so long as Capella remains unsigned, but according to Amick, DeMarcus Cousins was never an option to fill that potential void. He noted, quote, you could argue that Houston should have picked him up just to keep him away from Golden State, but I'm told they had zero interest, considered a bad fit. Capella is 24 years old and he's proved to be a perfect fit for head coach Mike D'Antoni and his system. The young center checks off two major boxes. He's an excellent rim runner in the pick and roll to finish James, Harden, James Harden's lobs and he's a solid rim protector who anchors the defense. He took major strides in the 2017-18 season, averaging career highs in points with 13.9 a game, rebounds with 10.8 a game, blocks with 1.9 a game, field goal percentage at 65.2 and free throw percentage at 56. Capella proved to be Houston's third most important player, though the loss of forward Trevor Ariza and his, and his defensive versatility to the Phoenix Suns, per Shams Chernia of Yahoo Sports, may test that statement this season. Bring, bringing back Capella won't be cheap. Given the, big, given the big contracts that the team has already handed out to Chris Paul, four years, $160 million, and Gerald Green, one year, $2.4 million, and Michael, Parter, Michael Carter-Williams, one year, $1.8 million, per Bobby Marks of ESPN.com, retaining Capella will thrust the Rockets into the depths of the luxury tax. As Marks wrote, quote, Houston is currently $4.6 million below the luxury tax and will likely pass the $123.7 million threshold once Capella is signed. If the team is serious about challenging the Golden State Warriors, however, that sacrifice will be necessary. There are ways to trim salary, but the primary one will be convincing other, another franchise to take on the $41.7 million owed to Ryan Anderson over the next two years. So that's that. Uh, you know, Personally, I think that uh, Houston should go all in. I mean, why would they not sign Clint Capella? It just makes no sense to me. I, I don't get you know, he was so great for them last season. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Switching gears now to soccer. Juventus are reportedly, quote, 95% confident of securing the surprise transfer of Real Madrid forward Cristiano Ronaldo. According to Adrian Kajumba of the Daily Mirror, Ronaldo is edging closer to a switch to the Serie A Giants as he is unhappy with life at the Santiago Berenbo. Quote, some sources close to the touring club rate the chances, rate the chances as high as 95%, continued Kajumba. But they are wary that Ronaldo's super agent Jorge Mendes is hoping an auction kicks off for his biggest client and waiting to see if former club Manchester United or longtime admirers Paris Saint-Germain firm up their interest. It's added that while Ronaldo's uh, current release clause at the Santiago Bernabeu is 1 billion euros, the Italian champions believe they could secure the signing of the Portuguese forward for around 100 million. Juventus will reportedly offer Ronaldo an annual salary of 26.5 million euros, an increase of the current 18.5 million that he takes home every year in the Spanish capital. Uh, Ronaldo joined Real Madrid in 2009 from Manchester United, and he's gone on to become one of the greatest players in the history of Real Madrid, if not the greatest. The forward is the team's all-time top goal scorer and has been a central figure in Madrid winning four UEFA Champions League titles in the last five years, including the previous three in succession. However, speculation about Ronaldo's future has been gathering pace in recent weeks, as he was coy after the Champions League final in Kiev in May when discussing a possible transfer, saying, quote, Now it's time to enjoy this, he said for the Independent. In the next few days, I'll give the fans who have been by my side an answer. It's been great being at Real Madrid. Um, the Serie A side already have exceptional forwards in Gonzalo Higuain and Paulo Dybala, while they're also the dominant force in Italy, having won the last seven Serie A titles in succession. Having come up short in the Champions League final in two of the last four seasons, including a loss to Ronaldo's Real in 2014, Juventus would be hopeful for, of Ronaldo helping them get over the line in the European Cup for a third time in their history. However, you said there's plenty of work to be done before a deal is this complex comes to fruition. But personally, I don't know uh, if Ronaldo will indeed go to Juventus, but I do believe that he will um, leave Real Madrid. Um, so uh, that's that. Switching gears back to the NBA now specifically with Kawhi Leonard and his situation. The San Antonio Spurs are making it clear to the Los Angeles Lakers they will have to pay a steep price if they want to trade for Kawhi Leonard. 
For Spectrum Sportsnet's Larry Kuhn, the Spurs' request includes Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, two first-round draft picks, and swapping two more draft picks. As the Spurs continue to weigh their options with Leonard for next season, it's, made, it's been made clear to this point they don't intend to settle for anything less than what they want. Per Yahoo Sports' Jordan Schultz, the Philadelphia 76ers were asked to give up three future first-round picks and two players currently on their roster. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski noted that Leonard's desire to join the Lakers remains in, in, intact as trade negotiations continue. Since the Lakers secured an agreement from LeBron James, they've devoted most of their remaining financial resources to one-year deals with the likes of Rajon Rondo, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Lance Stevenson, and JaVale McGee. Per Spotrack, the Lakers currently have $1.38 million in cash space left. If they are confident Leonard is determined to play for them, waiting uh, to sign him next summer when he become a free agent is an open option as well. Then again, Paul George seemed bound for the Lakers as a free agent this summer, only to reach an agreement on an extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder as soon as free agency began on Sunday, per Wojnarowski. So... That's that. You know, you never know. But personally, if, if the Lakers, I don't think the Lakers should do that as a Laker fan and give up that many uh, players. You know, the Spurs think that they have the leverage, but they really don't because Kawhi Leonard is leaving next year regardless. So if I'm a Laker fan, I'd hope I play this season without Kawhi, just with LeBron and some good assets. And I, I get Kawhi next year personally. That's just what I think is the best move for the Los Angeles Lakers to keep the young core intact and still get Kawhi and LeBron on the team. Switching gears now to soccer again. Tottenham Hotspur have reportedly made a, 40, um, a $44 million euro bid for Borussia Dortmund playmaker Christian Pulisic. According to German outlet Kicker, the North London outfit have made the first move to try to sign the United States international, despite him being on Arsenal and Liverpool's Raiders for some time. Per Mail Online's Mike Keegan, Chelsea are also interested in signing Pulisic as they plan a squad overall ahead of a crucial 2018-19 season. However, Tottenham may have just beaten their Premier League rivals to the punch by lodging a bid. Despite being only 19 years old, Pulisic has been a key part of, the, of the Dortmund's first team the, over, over the last two seasons. He's one of the most exciting young players, creative players in Europe and has the numbers to, and has the numbers to back it up. A 21-time uh, United States international, Pulisic was recently showered with praise by former U.S. men's national team striker Eddie Johnson, who told the Seattle Sounders' Winging It podcast, quote, He's the best American player that I've ever seen since, since I started playing soccer as a kid in the USA. Having played with Claudio Reyna, having played with Landon Donovan, uh, having played with Clint Dempsey, where he's at now with his experience and how he sees the game and how he understands the game, he's miles and miles ahead of everyone else. Dortmund um, are a superb club and have nurtured Pulisic brilliantly as he has started his senior career. However, the Spurs could arguably offer this, the Pennsylvanian-born teenager more than the German outfit, both in terms of financial rewards and on-field success. Um, Mauricio um, Pochettino has established a reputation as, as one of the uh, Premier League managers working in football today. And although the Spurs have yet to win any silverware under the Argentinian, they are a club firmly on, on an upward curve. Well established now as the UEFA Champions League club, Spurs will also have designs on challenging for the Premier League title next term after finishing in the top three in each of the last three seasons. Um, Pulisic boosts the versatility to slot into the Spurs' attack alongside the likes of Harry Kane, Dele Ali, Christian Eriksen, and Hyung Min Son, and he, and he could become a key player as the North London club look to become a European powerhouse, and with Pulisic, I believe they will be able to achieve that. Switching gears now to um, college football. Um, this is um, pretty unfortunate for this guy that I'm about to talk about. Georgia Bulldogs quarterback Jake Fromm reportedly suffered a broken left hand Monday in a, quote, freak accident at a lake, according to Trent Smallwood of Rivals.com. As noted by Jeff Centel of DogNation.com, the break was in his non-throwing hand. Per, per that report, quote, the event took place during a boating incident 
The exact details of the event could not be specifically confirmed other than a tow rope got away while dragging another rider and Fromm put his hand up to shield himself from the rope. Uh, Sentel added that Fromm will, quote, only need a few weeks to heal and should be ready to go for the start of fall camp. Head coach Kirby Smart confirmed the injury per ESPN's Chris Lowe. It's Fromm's second offseason injury. Last month, he got a uh, fishing lure lodged in his leg. Quote, while I was fishing and it was getting dark, he said of that accident per Jay Clemens of 11alive.com, my buddy and I were fishing on top of the water. He tried to get, he tried to set the lure and the lure came flying back at me and it, and it gets stuck in my leg. The rest is pretty much history. Fromm, who's 19 years old, took over as Georgia's starting quarterback last season after Jacob Eason suffered an injury in week one. He promptly led the Bulldogs to the college football playoff national championship, throwing for 2,615 yards, 24 touchdowns, and seven interceptions while completing 62.2% of his passes. He also rushed for 79 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Georgia, led by a stout defense uh, and a devastating run game, didn't need Fromm to play hero ball, and he managed, the, uh, he managed uh, to get the offense to a 13-2 record. And uh, they ha- they aren't exactly w- wanting, uh, you know, for options at the position. However, as number as five star recruit Justin Fields, number two overall prospect in the class of twenty eighteen, uh, per two forty seven sports dot com, is waiting in the wings. So that's that. Uh, this is very unfortunate, and I hope that um, everything will work out. Switching gears now to the WWE, uh, not the results from the WWE, but something uh, something rather controversial and unfortunate for one of their um, athletes. WWE superstar Bray Wyatt has reportedly been cited for careless driving for his role in a three-car accident Friday. According to TMZ, the incident reports that Wyatt exhibited, quote, failure to operate his vehicle in a careful and prudent manner and stated he was, quote, inattentive. Wyatt was briefly hospitalized at Tampa General Hospital in Tampa, Florida before getting treated and released. It was also written in the incident report that Wyatt crashed into the car in front of him while not paying attention, which resulted in, in that car hitting another vehicle. When asked by TMZ about his status after the incident, Wyatt said, quote, I'm going to live through it because I can't die. WWE released a statement regarding Wyatt on Monday that said he suffered, quote, multiple injuries due to a, quote, head-on automobile collision that left his car, quote, totaled. Due to his injuries, Wyatt did not appear on Monday's episode of Raw, leaving tag team partner Matt Hardy to face Curtis Axel of the B-team in a losing effort. Wyatt is one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions with Hardy, and they are scheduled to defend the titles against Axel and Bo Dallas at Extreme Rules on July 15th in Pittsburgh. So that's that. I hope, um, all I have to say is I hope everything will work out. So switching gears now to the last breaking news story of the day that uh, we will, that I will be covering, I should say. The Sacramento Kings could be in the market for restricted free agent Zach Levine. Per ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Kings are, quote, pretty serious about making an offer for the veteran shooting guard. So that's literally all there is about um, this story, and I will be you know, giving updates as they come about. Switching gears now to the Los Angeles, um, the Los Angeles sports teams, starting with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers um, played the Pittsburgh Pirates in the finale of their series. Six, they won 6-4, to four, so they sweep the Pirates. The Dodgers improved to 47-39, and 39, and the Pirates fall to 40-46. and 46. The Dodgers' next game is, uh, they have an off day tomorrow. Their next game is um, Friday at 7.07 p.m. Pacific time, 10.07 p.m. Eastern against the Los Angeles Angels in a freeway face-off. Uh, so now switching gears to the Angels, who I just talked about. Uh, one second here. Uh, the Angels, they uh, played the Seattle Mariners today and won by a score of 7-4. to four. So they split the first two games of the series. The series finale is today, or excuse me, it's tomorrow. At 7.10 p.m. Pacific time, 10.10 p.m. Eastern against the Seattle Mariners, obviously. 
Taking a look at the MLB, standing, the MLB standings now, starting with the NL West and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are half a game behind the first-place Diamondbacks in the NL West, three games ahead of the third-place Giants, and uh, three-and-a-half games ahead of the fourth-place Rockies. The Angels are fourth in the AL West, four games behind the third-place Athletics, um, 11 games behind the second-place Mariners, and 12-and-a-half games behind the first-place Astros. The Angels are 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and the Dodgers are 6-4 and four in their last 10, so that's that. Now covering the LA Galaxy. The LA Galaxy played today, and uh, they played DC United and tied 2-2. A disappointing result. The Galaxy should have won. They've been blowing a lot of leads lately, but it is what it is. The Galaxy's next game is um, this Saturday, July 7th at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 10.30 p.m. Eastern against the Columbus Crew. Now covering the LAFC. Uh, the LAFC did not play today. Their next game is this Saturday, July 7th, like the Galaxy, at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern against Orlando City FC. Taking a look at the MLB, MLS standings now, the Galaxy are in 8th place in the Western Conference with 22 points, uh, tied with Houston Dynamo, and the LAFC are in 3rd place with 31 points. So that's all we have for the uh, LA Sports teams. Now we're going to be covering the uh, 2018 FIFA World Cup, the future matchups. There were no matchups today. The next matchups are Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uruguay plays France in a quarterfinal matchup. And in the second quarterfinal matchup of Friday, Brazil plays Belgium at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And both games are broadcasted nationally on FS1, not the usual Fox. And now covering Wimbledon to, uh, the Wimbledon results to close out this episode of Sean's Sports Show. So uh, starting with women's singles. Uh... Mladenovic from France beat Maria from Germany 6-2-6-2. The 25 seed from the USA, Serena Williams, beat Tomova from Bulgaria 6-1-6-4. The 13 seed from Germany, uh, Georgis, beat Lavko from Belarus 6-2-3-6-6-2. In a huge upset, unseeded Russian player Makarova beat the 2 seed from Denmark, Caroline Wozniacki 6-4-1-6-7-5. Georgi from Italy beat Brengler from the USA 6-4-6-4. The 20 seed from Netherlands, Burdens, beat Blinkova from Russia 6-4-6-0. Uh, in another upset, unseeded Czech player Safarova beat uh, the 32 seed from Poland, Radwanska, 7-5-6-4. The 9 seed from uh, the USA, Venus Williams, beat Dulcaro from Romania, 4-6-6-0-6-1. The 7 seed from Czech Republic, Carolina Pliskova beat Victoria Azarenka, unseeded from Belarus, 6-3-6-3. Vekic from Croatia beat Peterson from Sweden, 7-5-6-4. Rodina from Russia beat Kristea from Romania, 1-6-6-3-6-3. Buzernescu, the 29th seed from Romania, beat Swan, unseeded from Britain, 6-0-6-3. The 10th seed from the USA, Madison Keys, beat Kumkum from Thailand, unseeded, 6-4-6-3. And Wick Mayer, unseeded from Belgium, beat Petkovic, unseeded from Germany, 6-4-6-3. So that's all we have for uh, women's singles. Switching years to men's singles now. In a huge upset, Pella from Argentina beat the 3 seed from Croatia, Marian Cilic, 3 6-4-7-6-7-5. The 25 seed from Germany, Philip Kohlschreiber, beat Gausmuller from Luxembourg, 7-6-7-6-7-6. Doesn't get closer than that. The 8 seed from South Africa, Kevin Anderson, beat uh, Andreas Seppi from Italy, 6-3-6-7-6-3-6-4. Fabiano from Italy beat Stan Wawrinka from Switzerland, 7-6-6-3-7-6. The 31 seed from Uruguay, Stefano Tsitsipas, beat Jared Donaldson from the USA, 6-3-6-2-3-6-4-6-6-3. The 9 seed from the USA, John Isner, beat Bemelmans, unseated from Belgium, 6-1-6-4-6-7-6-7-7-5. The 1 seed from Switzerland, Federer, beat Lako from uh, Slovenia, 6-4-6-4-6-1. Struff, unseated from Germany, beat Karlovic, unseated from Croatia, 6-7-3-6-7-6-7-6-13-11. What a close match. 
The 22 seed from France, Manorino, beat Harrison from the USA, 7-5, Albot beat Beden, 6-2-4-6, McDonald from USA beat Jerry from Chile, 7-6-5-7, Doesn't get closer than that. Monfils, unseeded from France, beat Lorenzi, unseeded from Italy, 3-6-6-3-6-7-6-7-6. The 11 seed from the USA, Sam Query, beats Stachowski from Ukraine, 7-6-6-3-6-3. Medvedev from Russia beat Garcia Lopez from Spain, 6-3-6-4-6-2. The 13th seed from uh, Canada, Milos Raonic, beat Milman from Australia, 7-6-7-6-7-6. Unseeded from Austria, Novak beat the 17th seed from France, Lucas Puy, 6-4-6-2-6-7-3-6-6-2. So that's all you have for uh, men's singles. Switching gears now to women's doubles. Uh, uh, Kudermedova from Russia and Sabalenka from Belarus beat Moore from Australia and Collins from the USA, 5-7-6-4-6-2. The seven seeds Yang from China and Chan from Chinese Taipei beat Schufs from um, Netherlands and Bonaventure from Belgium, 6-4-6-1. The eight seeds Shorts from uh, Netherlands and Mertens from Belgium beat Sorubus Tormo from Spain and Cristea from Romania, 7-5-6-4. Aruba Rena uh, and Paros Antonoha, both from Spain, beat Kozlova from Ukraine and Benches from Switzerland, 6-3-6-4. The six seeds Dabrowski from Canada and Zhu from China beat Savchuk from Ukraine and Risker from the USA, 6-7-6-2-10-8. Um, Han from China and Kumkum from Thailand beat Sakari from Uruguay and Vekic from Croatia 6-0-6-0. The 14 seeds uh, Hardeska from Czech Republic and Akshay from uh, Chinese Taipei beat Swan and Bolter both from Britain 6-3-6-2. Belgium, uh, excuse me, <laughs> the 13 seeds Filipkins from Belgium and Nikolescu from Romania beat Tomjanovic from Australia and Putenstva from Kazakhstan 6-4-7-5. Uh, Ayoma from uh, Japan and Brady from the USA beat Wang from China and Jurak from Croatia, 6-2-6-3. Kanepi from Estonia and Petkovic from Germany beat Irogun from Argentina and Widhoff from Germany, 6-4-6-3. Mikhail from the USA and Ostapenko from Latvia beat Mohamed from the USA and Brody from Britain, 7-5-7-6. Vickery from the USA and Kenan uh, from the USA beat Golubic from Switzerland and Jewer from Germany, 6-4-7-6. Kichenek from Ukraine and Rodionova from Australia beat Pavlochinkova from Russia and Stoser from Australia, 6-2-6-4. Christian from the USA and Bogdan from Romania beat uh, Sosnovich from Belarus and Duan from China, 6-3-6-4. And the 12 seeds Peshk from Czech Republic, Melichar from the USA beat Puig from Cuba and Contivate from Estonia, 6-4-6-2. And finally, to close out this episode of Sean Sports Show, switching gears to women's doubles, excuse me, men's doubles, what a mistake. Unseeded players, uh, Peralta from Chile and Zabalos from Argentina beat the 16 seeds. Oswald from Austria and Mirny from Belarus, 6-1-6-7-6-2-7-6. The two seeds, Melo from Brazil and Kubat from Poland beat Bambridge and Omara from, Aust- from Britain, 6-4-6-3-7-5. The nine seeds, Raher from Netherlands and Qureshi from Algeria beat Lopez and Ferrer, 7-6-6-4-6-4. Mahout and Herbert, the four seeds from France beat Cicinato and uh, from Italy and Carballo's Baena, 6-4-6-2-6-4. The 13 seeds, um, Venus from Australia and Clausen from South Africa beat Bolt and Hewitt uh, from Australia, 7-5-6-2-3-6-6-1. Ebden from Australia and Taylor Fritz from the USA beat Gojuzic from Germany and Pear from uh, France, 6-3-6-4-6-3. Skugor from Croatia and Inglot from Britain, the 15 seeds, beat Misha Zvera from Germany and Fuchskovics from Hungary, 6-4-7-5-6-2. Sanchez from Croatia and Vasilevsky from uh, Belarus beat Daniel and Nishioka from uh, Japan, 6364-64. Clayton and Brody from Britain beat Tiafo and Withrow from the USA, 756375. 
Molteni from Argentina and Jabavi from Czech Republic beat Berrettini from Italy and Martyr from Germany 6-4-6-4-3-6-3. In an upset, Haas from Netherlands and Lindstedt from Sweden beat Dodig uh, and Ram the 10 seeds from Croatia and USA 7-6-7-5-6-3. Skupski and Skupski from Britain beat uh, Bozaliak and Jumhur from, uh, from Serbia and Bosnia 6-3-6-4-6-4. Lajovic and Basic from Croatia, from uh, Serbia and Bosnia beat Raha from Italy and Martin from uh, France 6-2-6-4-6-7-4-6-11-9. Madkowski from Poland and Ehrlich from Israel beat uh, two French players 7-6-7-6-7-6. The 11 seeds Cuevas from Uruguay and Granollers from Spain beat Uchiyama from Japan and Begerman uh, from Germany 6-2-6-4-3-6-7-6. And finally, um, Arvialo from Guatemala and Padlepin Castillo from uh, Chile were, were up uh, 6-4-6-7-5-7-4-3 against Clark and Nori uh, from Britain and the match was suspended. So that's all we have for this episode of Sean's Sports Show. This was episode number 113 and I'll see you guys on episode number 114 which will be broadcasted and released later today, uh, you know, Thursday, July 5th, 2018. And uh, I'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening.